Welcome in to latest episode of that SEC podcast. I'm your host, Mike Brennan. I go by SEC Mike on Twitter. And I'm joined, as always, by my cousin, Shane, who goes by Big Orange Balls on Twitter. What are you up to, you big Tennessee homer? <laughs> hey, buddy, what's going on? Oh, man. We have got some great stuff on this episode of the show, buddy. I mean, we not the typical show. You know, we don't have got nine different teams to cover or anything like that. But I've got a fun little way, Shane. We're going to be able to hit on a lot more SEC teams. Yeah. And before we get that, Shane, a little, uh, little announcement. We're going to try to do something a little bit different. And we're scheduling this. I think. Most people that follow this show probably follow us on social media. If not, maybe this is your uh, chance to want to jump on. But if you're a, a Twitter, Twitter, as uh, you're on the Twitter <laughs> machine, as Coach O likes to call it, we're going to do what's called a Spaces on Friday night. Yes. And it's like a live event where you anybody and everybody can hop on the call with us, talk some SEC football. We're going to do this at 8 o'clock. Eastern, 7 o'clock Central, uh, Twitter spaces, Shane, I, and the Flying Hawaiian, <laughs> maybe even a, a guest or two are also planning to join us that I'm going to reach out to. So should be a good time, Shane. I'm looking forward to having some inter- interaction with the audience. How about you? Yeah, John had one good idea, you know. So I'm (laughs) – hey, I love it because, you know, we do our Friday recaps or, 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 you know, getting our lines in and everything like that, just getting ready for Saturday. Yeah. And there's there's some stuff that goes down Friday night that – that we really just can't touch on, you know. We don't want to do an emergency podcast or anything like that. But, you know, it's it, it's it's also an opportunity for us to kind of clean up the week. So uh, you can get on there, and if we heard something or you guys heard something, you know, it's, especially if you gamblers out there. I mean, anything could happen or help or, or you know what I'm saying. So I, I think mm-hmm. this space is going to be really cool. It's going to be fun. Uh, so we're going to jump on Friday night. You can bash our bets, you know, <laughs> you know, just ask a question. But I just think it's very interactive, and, I, and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and Shane, may I confuse you already? We're not doing this a couple weeks from now. We're doing it Friday, and we're going to yeah. try to do it every Friday. So try to build some momentum. We'll see, you know, maybe Rocky at, at the start, but we just want this to be a regular thing just like the podcast is for you guys now, but this is just going to give you another opportunity to reach out and have some interactions with us again, Friday night, eight o'clock Eastern, seven o'clock central, jump on your Twitter machine and you'll see us on there and you'll have an opportunity to talk to us. I can't wait for it. Yeah. We're trying to think of the, what to call it, you know, and, and maybe we go Friday night Coors lots, you know, instead of, <laughs> we'll come up with something, but I think it's going to be great. And uh, just tune in this Friday and you got any questions or anything, just pop in and holler at us. Shane, maybe if we change the name of the damn show to Coors Light Podcast, <laughs> maybe that's a way to get their attention because everything else we're trying is is not working. You know what? Yeah, you know what? I'm still going to support them, you know, <laughs> one way or the other. I, I, I think it would be great, but, uh, you know, that's that's what we want to do. We just kind of want to let our hairs down and uh, or lack thereof. But anyway, I'm getting – I'm getting – it's late, Mike, you know. I'm getting, I'll tell you, Mike Mike said, hey, man, you ready to do this? I said, man, let's, let's hold off. Let's hold off about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and I got to be honest with you, Mike, I'm coming, I'm fessing up. I was ready 15 minutes earlier, but I was watching uh, the new South Carolina welcome home thing and had about 10 minutes left. I was like, have you have you checked it out? I will tell you, it's a pretty cool little feature. It's on ESPNU. Um, a little bit of a behind the scenes. I, I watched the first episode. I missed the first half. There was a ladies soccer match or something like that, so I didn't get to catch the first half of it. Uh, but the second half, it does got that hard knocks theme to it. You know, mm-hmm. I think it's missing a narrator. Uh, that's one thing you know you kind of like about the hard knocks. It had that that one guy coming in. They didn't have that. They need a Maybe find a South Carolina alum uh, to narrate this thing in the background, but it's a pretty cool little show. No, I haven't been able to see it yet, Shane. I've, I set my DVR to record it for some damn reason. It's not recording it, so I'm going to try to <laughs> try to get it when I can. But I guarantee you, Shane, who's not going to be interested in narrating that thing, and that's <laughs> Mr. Mark Stoops. Oh down yeah. Here. <laughs> Now, this this clip, let's play the clip. This was uh, shared here on Tuesday. I'm sure everybody in the South Carolina fan base has seen it by now. But just a little backstory real quick. These are taped at SEC Media Days. So this mm-hmm. is not an interview Mark Stoops did this week or anything. And if you remember, you go back to SEC Media Day, Shane. Shane Beamer, they had the the viral video. He put on the glasses. He was having a little bit of fun, and that was a big deal down there at at Media Days. Just got people, you know, talking the Gamecocks. And then here, right after, Mark Stoops showed up (laughs) in Atlanta. Let's kick it over to his comments. What's the best part of, like, what you've built? Like, the output of that? I mean, the winning's great. Yeah. But but what's the part of it where you just go, we've done this? You know, I, I think ultimately it's the, you know, the respect throughout the league when you're dealing with coaches and players. You know, win or lose, you walk out and you know you're going to be in for a physical matchup. You know, that, that we're coming to play, we're coming to compete, and having that mindset. Because that's not easy to change. Right. You know, I've talked years ago about climate versus culture. You know, it's easy to change a climate. Yeah. You know, you just change a uniform, talk a little game, dance around, put on some stupid sunglasses, and <laughs> you could change a climate. But to change a culture is at the core. Right. And I'm quite certain we changed our culture. You know, just who we are and how we're perceived. And you look around it with the greatest coaches, you know, some of the greatest coaches amongst others in other leagues, but some of the greatest coaches and in, in the, that respect that you get and, that, and the respect that our players carry with them because they know who they are. And so I don't pretend this is not about me, but that culture throughout our whole organization has totally flipped from being kind of looked at as a dog to being looked at as, hey, you, you, you better come ready to play because we're, we're coming. You know, and, and our players feel that, our, our fans feel that, and that's a good thing. Ooh, boy, I mean, if it's Calipari, it's Shane Beamer, who in the hell is Mark Stoops going to call out next, you know what? Oh, man, the timing couldn't be better. Yeah, a lot of people just think Mark's out, you know, yelling at everybody, and that's not the case. This is, you know, there was a lot of South Carolina buzz while we were down there in media days. So yeah. you got to remember the timeline here. This this was a stab, and it's kind of funny when we put it out there how many how many uh, Gamecocks fans reminded us what date that football game will be played on. <laughs> yeah, and, and let me tell you, Shane, a little – Side information. I don't know if this is a secret or not, but them at, at Kentucky, they hate South Carolina. 
Now, that may yeah. be obvious because they play every year. They've beaten them seven out of eight. But, and hey, I'm guilty of it too. We hype up mm-hmm. South Carolina and we overlook Kentucky. And they're sitting here saying, well, hell, we beat their ass seven out of eight. Why aren't yeah. they talking more about us? So, man, that staff, they truly do hate anytime you hype up South Carolina. So, <laughs> I, I think Mark Stoops really, uh, you know, he's really trying to throw cold water on all the, the Gamecock hype, which just makes that game all the more interesting, in my opinion. I, I think so, you know, and it's kind of funny because we always talked about the Tennessee-Kentucky hate, and there was a lot of South Carolina. In fact, I don't know if you remember, uh, we, when we were down there on Music Row, we asked a lot of questions. What, what is going on with this South Carolina-Kentucky matchup? Because, you know, did somebody piss somebody off along the way? And then, I don't know, to, to see Mark come out with this and mm-hmm. – Oh man, this is gonna this is shaping up to be a hell of a matchup, maybe a little bit of a rivalry. Yeah, no doubt, Shane, and and maybe this is one that we could talk about here. I told you before we uh, started recording, I was gonna throw you a little curveball, and here it is. <laughs> ESPN ran an article on Tuesday, Shane, from uh, Chris Lowe and Alex Scarborough, two of their big SEC writers. The five must-see SEC games this fall. Hey. Okay. And one of these will be pretty obvious, but an interesting list. So I, I really wanted to get your thoughts on this. Hey, we're excited for every game. But right. again, I don't know it, <laughs> the five that, that picked. I don't know if this is the five I'd go with. So let's, let's run down their selections. And I've got okay. a couple of my own before. We'll get to that after. Florida at Tennessee. That's one of the five, which again, that's going to be a hell of a game. But is that in your top five? What, what do you say? Oh, well, see, that's not fair, Mike, because this one's personal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, it's in my top five. It may not be in, uh, you know, the rest of the SEC's top five because here you got a, a a new coach in Florida Gators, you know, maybe not the, the, the you know, it, you know, not coming off the best season ever. And then you got Hopple in the second year, got a lot of hop coming into that one, but mm-hmm. – um, you know, if you're looking at just numbers, yeah, I don't know if that's going to have the draw. I mean, we just lost. I mean, this wasn't a it wasn't that long ago. It's not a 3:30 CBS game. It was always penciled in for that, and right. and it's kind of lost its luster. But I don't know. This this game is shaping up. The closer that we get, the little hop that Florida's starting to show here. That it it may be a ball game. So. I could see the argument for it being in a top five. Me personally, I would. I can't wait to see this one. This is closer to my first one that I want to see. But that's just because when you get your ass kicked so many times by the Florida Gators, it's gonna. It's nice going in with some weapons, you know. This time, <laughs> right? So Tennessee has to take care of business at Pitt. Otherwise, this game is gonna lose some luster. And equally as important, Shane, Florida doesn't have to beat Utah. That'd be a hell of a way to start the season, but they can't lose to Kentucky. Mm-hmm. So, you know, a lot has got to happen, in my opinion, for this to be a top-five matchup. Not saying that it won't be. Hell, I'm I'm as high on Florida as I am anybody. So, there, it's just things have to happen, in my opinion, for this to be a top-five matchup. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if Florida can come out and shock the world with Utah mm-hmm. and beat Kentucky, I mean, if, if these two teams are undefeated, when they play, then yes, definitely a top five, you know, game day action. I don't know what else right. is going on that week, but 
you know, that's a lot of ifs and buts and, you know, <laughs> there's Dandy an old saying nuts, for that. <laughs> I didn't want to go. I didn't want to do the full thing, but you know what I'm saying? There's, there's a lot of things that have to happen to make this game even better. Right. Uh, but as a Florida fan, as a Tennessee fan, this is a game we always look forward to. Now, number two, this is kind of an obvious one, but they put it here. I think they nailed this one. Texas A&M at Alabama with the all, all the drama. Yeah. The Aggies taking down Alabama. I don't think – you know, everybody's looking at this game saying, oh, the Crimson Tide's going to beat their ass. I don't mm-hmm. think so. I think this is going to be another fourth-quarter game. This game's got to be in your top five, right? Definitely. Uh, probably my top one because I think this obviously decides the SEC West. Mm-hmm. I, I think this is a, a huge matchup, and it, and it may even be a, a prequel to a, another matchup postseason. Um, so this is I, – I, I love this game. Uh, Last year, I mean, how many times did we talk about uh, the assistant coaches that Nick Saban's had underneath him and they've never beat I mean, it was a streak, you know. Right. Who broke that streak? Jimbo Fisher. So, um, I think this is going to be another big game. But also, you got the fireworks in the offseason, the NIL talk, the, you know, I mean, the cheating talk. This, this, all this stuff, ESPN is saving all this. This is, there's a reason ESPN writers are doing this because they are saving all that ammunition and it is going to come out the week prior to this game and make it bigger and bigger the closer we get. Now, here's where things kind of get squirrely here. The rest of the list, I don't know. Hear your thoughts. LSU at Auburn, October 1st. Is that a top five SEC game? No, that is not for me. And, you know, it's two-story programs. But I I think where they are at right now – makes these games not as important to me. Mm-hmm. I, I hate to I hate to say that. I, I love I love LSU and what they're doing. I think they got an excellent coach down there and I think they're on the right path. Um, you know, Brian Harson, this is a guy that we've you know, we know he's been dealt some some shitty cards, but it, right. it feels like this team is moving in the right direction and and you know, who knows, they may shock the world, but to say, you know, in August, halfway through, right, two weeks before football kicks off, there's nothing on the – these two teams will I, – I can't see them winning more than eight games apiece. You know, that's like best-case scenario. So, so that means potentially four or five losses on both sides. So, what, what makes this matchup so special? Yeah, I mean, it, this annually is one of my favorite games just with the tradition, everything, you know, the, the rivalry they play every year, but just not this year. It, it's not in the cards for this to be one of the top five games there, in the SEC. Is there any other Auburn or LSU games? I do. I got one coming up, but not okay. not on okay. their list, no. Okay, yeah, I mean, like Florida LSU. I don't know if you're going to – we'll mm-hmm. we'll get to it, but that's a game I would rather see, and, and just because it usually comes down to the last possession. So, right. uh, I mean, I mean, there's just so many – it's a it's a rivalry. Um, not that this isn't, but, you know, the the I don't know. All right, so what else you got? <laughs> Next. Yeah. Now, you're a little biased. This may be in your top five, but I think for a lot of SEC fans it wouldn't be Kentucky – at Tennessee, October 29th. <laughs> Does that make your cut here? I mean, how many Tennessee yes. games are we going to do here? Yeah. Come on. You know? <laughs> I know. That's right. We didn't even make this list. Did I write this list? Yeah. This is, this is really like, that SEC podcast is at it again, them <laughs> Tennessee homers. No. <laughs> I like this one more than Florida. And I know that sounds crazy to say, but 
with what we've seen here the last few seasons, with with what they got going on uh, leading up to this. I mean, this this is two programs that are expecting to win, and it's not even close. Like Tennessee's expecting to blow out Kentucky, yeah. and Kentucky is expecting to kick Tennessee's ass. That's where we're at right now. This is a rivalry, and this thing is getting ugly. It's in every sport. I told you, it's basketball, it's volleyball, it's rugby, it's anything and everything that we can you know put something on kentucky they're putting it on us this is this is shaping up to be an electric environment and a fun game to watch so yes i do think this is a top five if you were to kick one of the tennessee games out i would easily say the florida tennessee matchup yeah uh because when these two programs play right now it's it's just pure hatred and a little sidebar, Shane, our, our buddy Nick Roush, Kentucky Sports Radio. I was listening to his podcast earlier today, 11 uh-huh. Personnel. I, I recommend every Kentucky fan check it out. But he was talking about this Stoops-Calipari feud. And yeah. he said the, the way to fix it is to fire the AD. And he just said, all we got to do is hire a competent AD not like Tennessee, just hire everybody from Central Florida. So I just wanted to say that. What a burn there from old Roush, you know what? Even, he's not even talking Tennessee. He found a way to burn him. Oh, don't knock Central Florida. You're going to end up retiring down there one day, you know? <laughs> now, number five, last one on the list. This is a hell of a fun matchup, but again – Top five in the SEC. I ain't buying it, Shane. Ole Miss at Arkansas, November nineteenth. Is that a top five SEC game for you? No, man. I what? I don't understand this. Is this like in a certain month or something, or is this like all of SEC well, scheduling? It, it they they do clarify must see, but still, this is these games besides A and M, Alabama. None of these are must see for me. No, no. There's only one Ole Miss game that's a must-see for me, and it's not even Alabama. It's the Egg Bowl, and not even close, brother. This, yep. uh, yeah, I nothing against <laughs> this matchup. I this will be a must-watch, right? But it it's not one that you should, you know, if you're doing a bucket list this season, definitely pencil in because I, I mean. I don't know. I think it's going to be a hell of a matchup. It was fun last year. Uh, you know, it came down to the very end. It, I, can, I can get behind some of that narrative, but to say that this is a top five, I'm not. I'm out on that one. Yeah, and I'm glad. Hey, great minds think alike, Shane. So the five games that I, that they top five games, more or less, in my opinion, that didn't make this list that should have the Egg Bowl, Mississippi State mm-hmm. at Ole Miss. You nailed it. I mean. If that is the game for that state, for those fan bases, I know Ole Miss has won two in a row. I think Mississippi State going on the road, they're going to be desperate. Mike mm-hmm. Leach is going to be desperate. It's you know this game is always a hell of a great time on Thanksgiving. Cannot wait yeah. for the Egg Bowl. Absolutely, man. This is my favorite. It's my favorite game outside of all my Tennessee games. <laughs> you know, it's just because, <laughs> like you said, it. it I think of Thanksgiving and I think of good football mm-hmm. and watching these two teams go at it. I mean, it's it's that's what college football is all about, and it's just, it's just burned into my memory. So uh, that if I was picking an Ole Miss, if I was picking a Mississippi State, that's the one I would choose. Now, how about this one, Shane? We've talked these two teams, but I think they now this is your list now, right? Y- yes, sir. Yes, sir. Okay, all right. So we've talked these two teams on ESPN's list, but I think they missed the the order of it. One of my top five, Shane, Kentucky at Florida, week two. 
Because I just, yeah. I know we've talked about this game for months and months, it feels like, but it just feels like it's going to be so big for both teams. Kentucky, if you go on the road in Gainesville, I think mm-hmm. your dreams of reaching Atlanta potentially are real. I think if you're Florida, you know, this is a must-have coming off at Utah. Who knows what's going to happen against Utah? But let's say you beat Utah, and then you yeah. turn around and lose to Kentucky. It's like, well, my God, we're – we're owing what at SEC, but let's say yes. you beat Utah, then you turn around and beat Kentucky, who media <laughs> picked number two in the East. I mean, my goodness, imagine <laughs> the momentum. This, this game means everything. It does, and, and I think because of the noise, you you think about Mark out here right now, talking about the culture they're changing, and you know the 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 thing that the system that they've built up there. It's impenetrable and it's moving forward. I mean, that's the narrative that we're getting out of Lexington. Well, moving forward is beating Florida every year, you know. I I think that's where we're at right now, especially a a new coach, Mm -hmm. new system, everything. There's just – they're thin. There's just so many things going in Kentucky's favor here. And if they come out here and get beat – and get beat bad, brother, I'm telling you what, the wheels fall off. Then that whole, uh, well, Kentucky has arrived goes right out the window. Mm -hmm. So it's a game Kentucky cannot afford to lose, in my opinion. Now, I think Florida has every – I mean, you talk to any Gator fan, they are not worried about Kentucky. They're not. They they look at last year and they say, well – I mean, look at it. We, we fired our coach. That's what happened. We were expecting that, you know. But that they're, they're going to have those excuses. They're not – because they don't think of, of Kentucky as a threat. Right. But if if they come out and they beat them, man, you, you can't – you won't be able to stop Florida. That Just the momentum down there alone, that this is right at the beginning of the season. It kind of sets the tone for the East. And uh, nobody will talk about Kentucky if they lose this game. I'm just I'm I'm being brutally honest here. Uh they just that whole well there's a chance, you know, that Kentucky can sneak up and beat the Georgia Bulldogs and that's that's where we're at if you're talking to a Kentucky fan. Mm-hmm. But you you lose to Florida? Shit, that all that's out the window, man. Yeah, I I agree. Now how about this one Shane? Historically not a, a great matchup, but I think it is becoming one of these fan bases going at each other all offseason. Texas A&M versus Arkansas in yes. Arlington. This game, I think, is going to mean the world to both of these programs because, again, you know, you beat the hell out of Texas. That was fantastic. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a great environment, but it didn't get real until you beat A&M. That's, I think, when when Arkansas fans, well, hell, we – we got us a shot at winning, you know, winning the West. And that reality, wow. reality said <laughs> they're in Athens. But, <laughs> hell, everybody that played Georgia faced the music. So, I, I, I'm not holding that against you. But, you know, it means the same for Arkansas this year because it's the lead up to Alabama. And for A&M, you've got to right the wrongs. You cannot be losing to Arkansas. If you're going to challenge Alabama, this is a must get. It's like yeah. a do or die here in the West. I think so, too, and uh, they will be undefeated, in my opinion, going into this matchup, so they're going to have all the media attention on them. Yep. Uh, you, you got you got Arkansas. I mean, this that's the thing. Arkansas, they don't want to hear rebuild anymore. They've arrived. When you beat Texas A&M last year, you've arrived. When you got a Heisman candidate for a quarterback, yep. you've arrived. 
Yeah, it's that's where Arkansas Razorbacks are right now. This this is a matchup that's a coin toss, and the best coaching team or the best playing team is going to walk away with a victory. That's where that's where their mentality is. Texas A and M's loaded, brother, but you know this is going to shape up the West. This is I th- because right around the corner after this game, Arkansas has Alabama. We talked about this, man. If they can make both of these games competitive and come away with a victory, there's a real argument of keeping them into the college football playoffs, a one-loss SEC team. That's that's where, best-case scenario, we landed uh, the Razorbacks. Now, on the other side, Texas A&M, they shit the bed last year. And, uh, you know, obviously we know there were some injuries and there were some circumstances, but, you know, the whole SEC goes through it. Mm-hmm. We, we can't – we cannot – we can't hang our hat on, on excuses anymore, especially after you beat Nick Saban in the Crimson Tide. You can beat anybody. So, I, I think this game is going to be very, very crucial. And, again, it's going to set the tone early in the season. So, I like this. I like this in your top five. And then this is number one on my board, Shane, and, and I cannot, for the life of me, don't understand why more people are not circling this one. But we've talked about this one a, a lot, too. Alabama at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, they obviously, we just went through it. They got to beat A&M. Otherwise, yeah. this is not number one. But mm-hmm. I think they can do it, and it sets up Alabama, Arkansas, College game day, both undefeated. Oh man! <laughs> I mean, this is this is if Arkansas is going to beat Alabama, this is the year. Yeah, this is a, this is a big game. I I still think the Texas A and M's a little bit bigger mm-hmm. because you got to get through that one to make this one relevant. Right. Uh, not not relevant, but a top five must watch game for me. Um, I'd love to see it happen. I think it would be fun, but um, you know, of course. I guess not really, because now I've got all this money on A and M. Sorry, Razorback. Well, maybe that maybe they're happy I've got it. But uh, no, I think this is uh, this is a great game. There's a lot. I, I would love to see you know talk Alabama, what Alabama Texas. I think that's going to be a good game. Right, must watch. I mean, we're we're going to see Texas a lot moving forward. Why not get a preview of it? That would be a good one. Um, I like the Florida LSU. Am I doing my top five now? Well, wait, I you still know, got cause... I still got. One oh, more. you still going? Okay. I got one more, and I, do, I don't understand how you can do any list like this. I, t- I got a ton of respect for Chris Lowe and, and Alex Scarborough, but how do you do a list like this and not have Georgia at Kentucky? Because, hell, I'm, I'm about as low as on anybody as K- Kentucky, but mm-hmm. that does not mean Kentucky can't have this magical run. And if they do yeah. – this is the game that's going to decide it. <laughs> this is the only one you really got to get over is the Georgia matchup. You're beating everybody in the East under Mark yeah. Stoops except Georgia. You're getting them late in the year. Remember a couple of years ago, Shane, these two teams played, and it was Lynn Bowden was the quarterback, and it was like a downpour <laughs> in Athens, yeah. and, it, and it was just crippling to Kentucky because they had, they had nothing. This we could be flipping the script here. Maybe we'll get like a blizzard and a snowstorm, and it neutralizes Georgia speed or something. And and yeah. hey, maybe that's just uh, the football gods paying them back. You know what? Well, this is because ESPN does not like Kentucky. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's all it boils down to is they don't think that this is going to be a game. They won't. They don't think that this is a game that's actually going to decide who goes to an SEC championship. In yeah. my honest opinion, and that's why they're on there. I think Kentucky's got a lot of pivotal games on their on their docket. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, Mike, I'm going to have to disagree with you just a little bit because mm-hmm. I think you got to get through Florida and Tennessee. I think those are bigger games mm-hmm. than Georgia. Georgia's just freaking loaded man it's it's not it's, it's a juggernaut it's a it's a it's a it's a team i don't want to play yeah. uh, i'm just being honest with you this is defending national champs and and they're they're just like bama man they just reload and that's what they're going to be doing this season so um i i get that it's 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 a pivotal game in your opinion but again i i just think when you look at tennessee you look at you got to get through those guys. You got right. to to even make Georgia, you know, a, a thing. So, but uh, so that's your list. I just want, I missed yeah. it. Is that that's okay. my list? So, is there any others that maybe off the top of your head or are kind of musty in your opinion? Well, I think I, I think you did great, man. The Egg Bowl, obviously, I want that one on there. If I were to put LSU on anything, I want it to be with Florida. Mm-hmm. Two new coaches, I think I think that would be exciting just to kind of see the future of those two programs. Yep. Not to mention, it's a serious rivalry, and 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 just not enough credit goes. I mean, jump on Winsipedia and look at the average scores between these two teams. They play tight, right? Um, you know, so that's that would probably be on mine. Um, you know, if you're going to have Auburn on anything. Why not the Iron Bowl? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, even last year, struggling Auburn still had an opportunity to win that thing. So I definitely want to keep it on there because that is the best rivalry in the country, in my opinion. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, um, that one should that one's on there. So that one's good. I'm trying to think what else. I like Text, your, I your suggestion of Florida LSU. That will be a hell of a game in, in yeah. both first years for both coaches. Yeah, yeah, Texas, Texas, Alabama. I'd love to see that one. Um, that's a must see for me, just because it's a, it's a, it's a preview. We got to see him with Arkansas last year. Now we get to see him with Alabama. Nick Saban, Steve Sarkeesian. You know the Madden talk. I mean, there's mm-hmm. gonna be, it's gonna be so much stuff coming, coming out of that game. Um, I almost had A and M at Mississippi State. That I think you can make an argument for as well. Uh, who again? Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Yeah, yeah, no, that's. I think, yeah, I'm trying to think of anybody else. And then I do have one wild card. I didn't feel right about putting it on this list, but Tennessee is always involved in these crazy games, right? <laughs> Tennessee right. at LSU. It's it'll probably be a night game in Death Valley. Yeah. You know they don't get down there that often. I, I think that has the potential to kind of be like last year against Ole Miss and everything crazy that went on with that. It is, man. I mean, there's been some there's been some wild games with LSU, and usually we're on the the wrong <laughs> end of it. But uh, I think that, and it's a telltale sign when you look for pricing. Uh, you know, a couple of guys <laughs> back here were talking about maybe going down to Baton Rouge and watch this thing, and so I'm getting on there. And I'm like. Well, why can't we pay the prices of this game, or why can't we pay the prices of this one? <laughs> Tennessee's so damn high because that's usually a telltale sign that everybody knows it's going to be a great matchup. Probably going to be at night, so um, I, I think that's that just that's going to be awesome. It's going to be an awesome matchup. I don't know if it's a must see, you know, because must see is like something you just can't miss, right? And um, and I think I think we've kind of exhausted. We kind of we, we kind of overlooked Florida Georgia, but I think we. 
just yeah. look at that as such a mismatch at, just this year. At at this moment. Now, obviously, two, three years from now, we may be – I mean, we'll probably be talking about it again. Mm-hmm. But same thing with um, – um, oh, what's the other one there? I just had it on the tip of my tongue there. Georgia. So um, – Georgia at Mississippi State? Well, nah, not really. Georgia <laughs> and – I'm sorry. I mean, we can. You're struggling to find a, an opponent for Georgia. It, seem, it seems like. Well, just Georgia, Oregon. I mean, right out of the gate, <laughs> if you're looking at a top 25 matchup, yeah, you kind of get to see. If you're if you're curious what the new chapter of the Bulldogs look like, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna be able to tell pretty quick. I would rather LSU Florida State. I think that's a great game. Uh, I guess. We're trying not to hit some of the non-conference deals, but man, I'm just so. I mean, I want to watch them all, man. Vanderbilt, oh why? Put them on there. Mizzou got anybody? Who, who's Mizzou? Mizzou, South Carolina. That's one I want to see because those guys is usually that's usually a hell of a matchup. Yeah, no doubt. Well, Shane. Yeah, oh, but, Mizzou, Arkansas. There's one. There you know, you. I mean. <laughs> Hey, there's a good segue. <laughs> yeah, let's move on before we we spent all night talking these games. But Uh-oh. let's kick it all down to Arkansas, Shane. We had some great comments here. I wish these coaches, you know, brought this same energy to these touchdown clubs, like Sam Pittman's bringing to the Little Rock Touchdown Club, because he hits on a lot of good <laughs> stuff here, Shane. My God, he he's brought the jokes on how difficult the schedule is. I thought it was uh, tremendous. His, uh, you know, he he gives a little insight into the scheduling format. I don't know if he's supposed to be talking about this or not, but it certainly seems like Arkansas versus Missouri is going to be a permanent rivalry, no matter what model they go to. Uh, mm-hmm. Not officially, Sam Pittman. Pittman very clear, but that's what it sounds like. So I, th- I thought both those fan bases would appreciate that. And uh, his comments here on KJ Jefferson uh, are, are just fantastic. So without further ado, let's kick it over to Sam Pittman. And then if you go down here uh, for this uh, schedule coming up, and then Dave will ask the questions. Uh, it's the third year in a row that we've won the trophy. You need to make one because, hell, we seem to win it every year for the hardest schedule in football. <laughs> Somebody's been trying to fire me ever since I got here. But we're, we're hanging tough, you know. But, you know, we have all 12 of our opponents played in the postseason last year. Um, our two non-conference opponents are in the top 25. BYU is 21-4 and four over the last two years with 20 starters coming. And they're coming, oh, no, we're going out there to play them. Mm. And then uh, – we play Cincinnati, but they're just not oh, – they were in the college football playoffs last year. So, it is what it is. And, you know, we're the University of Arkansas. Hell, we're supposed to play teams like that. And uh, um, so, we're, we're not – we don't look at it as a 12-game season. We just look at it who's next, you know. And, and uh, if you do it any other way, it could either get scary or it could get complicated. And we'll just leave it like it is. Um, our crossover games this year are South Carolina and Missouri. Um, somebody might ask me about the the pods. There's a pod and six. There's a pod and six and a pod and and a, and a single and seven. Uh, I think both of the um, the way that they're trying to do our schedule in the SEC, I think it's outstanding because either one of those models where you have three permanents and six away or one permanent and seven away. Either one of those models is going to allow a home-and-home home with every team 
in the SEC. And I think that's really what the fans want to see. I think they want to see us play Tennessee here and go to Tennessee or play Florida here and, you know, I think, uh, or play Vanderbilt or whoever it may be. Um, I think you, the fans want to see us play everybody every year. And, and uh, over a four-year, uh, so a young man comes in, his, by the time he becomes a senior, he's going to be able to see uh, and play every opponent uh, twice. And so I think either one of those models uh, would be great. Um, right now it's not broke for our conference where you're playing eight games, so I'm assuming that that would be where they start. Uh, I don't know that, but that's what I assume if that was that way, then our permanent crossover would be Missouri. You ever, Dave, you ever, guys, any of you, you ever been to a, and there's some incredibly strong and physical and, and small towns. I came from a small town and I wasn't strong and physical, but I mean, I still came from a small town. But have you ever noticed that I'm the strongest guy in the 12th grade at this small school? And, but I, I transfer mid-year and I transfer over to some big school. And I'm middle of the road strength-wise. I think sometimes you have to see it. I think you have to see it. I, you can talk about it, but you have to, I think sometimes you have to see it done before you really start believing it. In other words, this kid over here that's stronger and strong in this, in this small town or, or wherever he's at, and he moves this big one, he'd never seen anybody like he got ready to see. It's the same way with our team. We'd never been a while of any of those kids on our team had never, in all honesty, had never seen any type of success on the field. None. None of them. Hadn't seen a bowl. Hadn't seen a winning season. Any of that stuff. So the confidence comes from what we've seen. We've seen that we can go into LSU and win. We've seen we can go into Jerry's world and, and beat A&M. We've seen that Tech, the University of Texas can come in here, we can beat them. Those things help that confidence. And then if you continue to do what you've been doing, and you now I can see the results, and I know what my work is going to do for me, I think you can go wherever, you, wherever you're capable. I think you can reach your capabilities at that point. Uh, last year we were here, I think one of the question marks for, for most fans and media was quarterback position. Yeah. Not a question mark anymore. Let's talk about KJ and his progression from last year. I mean, KJ's the man. I mean, he, y'all like him? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but he's a leader. I mean, he hadn't always been that because, you know, he's just trying to earn his, earn his stripes, you know, out there. But, um, I mean, he's so accurate with the ball right now, so confident, uh, lost some weight. Uh, the other day I, I popped him in the gut. And he said, oh, you hurt your hands, you know? <laughs> and you know, when you get older, you say stuff, and then you, when you say it, you look at them, they go, they have no idea who you're talking about, you know? <laughs> so I popped in and I said, who do you think, you're Fabio or somebody? And he go. <laughs> so after, after practice, I sent him a picture of Fabio. I said, that, you know. <laughs> Coach. All right, Chase, so how great was that stuff right there? <laughs>
That's awesome, man. That was great stuff. It, it's it's funny because I've had a couple of those Fabio moment, moments with my kids. You know, I'll say something and be like, "Who?" I'm like, "Damn, it's happening. It's there. I'm there. I'm old. You know, it snuck up on me." So, uh, yeah, old Fabio. Now this is great. This is this is why we love Sam Pittman, man. He just and, and you listen to it. It's, it sounds like he's at a comedy club, and, and he's getting claps. What other coach is getting claps? during their press conference <laughs> i just so you talk about owning the room that's that's exactly what Pittman's doing and and it's not you know he, he hit on a couple of things three years in a row toughest schedule we've talked about that this you know just think about what this team could do if right. that if that conference was a little bit weaker or you know maybe they got some different uh different scheduling things i, I just but i think it made them who they are and and that's something that he talks about not backing down because that's just the mentality they have. It's just put your hard hat on and go to it. Who like the Texas A and M? We make the Texas A and M, Alabama, Mississippi State thing. We're making it big. You know what I'm saying? These guys don't. They they're used to playing these top tough ball games and tough schedules. And yeah, they. I, I think maybe we're trying to make it a story when it's really not. It's just go out here and just play Arkansas football. So. I don't know. I just kind of I, I like the whole the whole thing, man. This I could listen to him. I could listen to Sam talk all night long. <laughs> well, Shane, I feel like I'm talking to you all night long. So let's <laughs> let's move it all. Last little item here. Let's jump on down to Baton Rouge, where I just thought Tiger fans would appreciate these comments from. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, give Brian Kelly credit, Shane. A lot of times these coaches try to hide these guys during yeah. camp. And you're not allowed to meet with the media, particularly quarterbacks, particularly quarterbacks in a competition. But this thing's down to Jaden Daniels and Garrett Nussmeyer, who met with the media on Tuesday. Let's go back to back just with their comments, Shane. Jaden Daniels, twenty one or twenty yeah, twenty one. You know how I know that, Mike? How's that? I was pulling in the neighborhood when I was listening to this clip. Uh-huh. And he was talking about running twenty one miles an hour and neighborhood speed is fifteen. <laughs> I was just thinking. I was like, man, he'd get a ticket running in my own neighborhood. So then I sped up. Here's what I did, Mike. I have never ran 21. I felt like I've ran 21 sometimes when I'm going down a hill when I was younger, but I've never been even close. But it was funny because I rolled my windows down. I put it up to 21 miles an hour, and I said, this is what it's like. You know? <laughs> Felt a little too fast, Mike. Had to slow down. <laughs> There's kids in the neighborhood. <laughs> and then we also got Garrett Nussmeyer, who shares a, a great story. Ironically, Shane, first time in Death Valley, his dad was the offensive coordinator at Alabama mm-hmm. and called the play that won him the, the game in the T.J. Yeldon game. And both these yep. quarterbacks obviously confirm no starter has been named down here because these reporters tried to get both of them and not, neither one of them took the bait. Have they told you you're the starter yet? They haven't. They haven't not said anything. Was it a case of kind of, hey, I'm betting on myself here because you – Tempe's a pretty nice place, right? Arizona State, nice place. You, you were a starter there. Now you come here where it's kind of uh, unknown, right? So. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's always, you know, no matter where you go, it's always the better than yourself. Um, you know, I, I know what I present to the table. Um, it's, at the end of the day, you know, like I said, it doesn't matter who they start. You know, I, it's a great quarterback room. It's one of the top quarterback rooms in the, in the country. So, you know, we got talented guys all around. So I just uh, want to help prepare them help them prepare me because at the end of the day, um, whoever they call to be the starter, that's going to be the starter. Did you really run 21 miles an hour in the spring? I heard that. Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah. 
they track your speed at practice every day? Yeah, they do. Uh, that was probably one of the, uh, yeah, I ran 21 miles per hour. That's what Coach Kelly had told me. Uh, I mean, I look at that type of stuff, but, you know, I just go out there and run. But did you say that you want to break away from that gunslinger uh, label? Is that something you actually said, and is that something you feel? Yeah, um, I mean, that's something I've said before. Um, I think it got lost in translation a little bit, um, you know, as far as, you know, I'm still going to, you know, take shots, and uh, any quarterback should, you know. When, when they're given to you, though, I think is the biggest thing that I've learned is uh, take them when they're given to you, take them when you're supposed to take them, and um, just continue to lead the offense and move the chains is what I've been taught my whole life. So. What did you learn out of last year's I mean, games and actions you saw? I mean, it was definitely an interesting season. You know, a lot went on, uh, especially being a true freshman. So, but I learned a lot um, from the past staff, from Max, uh, from Miles. You know, I learned a lot from those guys. And, um, you know, I'll cherish some of those moments and some of those memories, you know, from my whole career. As far as football, anything that you, t you took away that you worked on over the summer then? Um, I think learning in different situations, being in different environments. You know, I'm a coach's kid, uh, so my father's been in the SEC a lot, so I've been in the, the cr uh, as crazy as the environments can get. You know, I've been in Tiger Stadium on the opposite side, and I've been in the swamp. You know, I've been in all these places, so I wouldn't say that, you know, the moments were too big for me. Um, but I learned a lot of just, you know, being on the field and, and zoning in on that situation and not worrying about everything else going on, so. Ask Jaden this question. Uh, same for you. Just if you were building a resume, what would you put at the top? These are the things that I do. What's, what's he do well? I mean, he's a hell of a player. Uh, oh, I don't think I can cuss on yeah. TV. My bad. <laughs> My bad. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's a heck of a player. Um, you know, he's he's great with his feet. He's got a great arm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things I take away from watching Jaden every day, and so. Does Mike? Have they told you that Jaden was going to be the starter? <laughs> have they told you that? No. Oh. Uh, man, I, I ain't heard nothing about that. Uh, like I said, we're focused on winning games. So yeah, you probably know more than I know about mm -hmm. the situation. So I like to shoot down rumors. <laughs> Can you think back when your first game in Tiger Stadium was as a coach's kid, and, and what was it like being the opponent? Oh, uh, my first game in Tiger Stadium. Not the first time in Tiger Stadium, but the first time I think my dad ever played against LSU was in, at Washington. Uh, we actually only lost by a touchdown or something like that. It was a long time ago. My first time being in Death Valley was actually a Saturday night. Uh, we were in, uh, we were at Bama. It was kind of touchy subject because it was the T.J. Yeldon screen. If you guys remember that, I mean now for me even, I mean because like I've always kind of been an LSU fan. So you know I'm from Lake Charles originally. You know I've always loved LSU. In fact, before we even went to Alabama, uh, the national championship year before we knew that. My dad was going to take a job there. I had LSU jersey on in the Nash Championship, so that's a secret. Don't tell anybody. But uh, yeah, that that experience was crazy. Um, I actually remember. I think I was like 11. I think I was crying at halftime because uh, we were getting our, our butt kicked. Somehow we made a comeback, which is touchy for us. But like I said, you know, for me at that age, it was it was pretty cool being in that stadium. It was loud and definitely definitely a, an experience for sure. It's a lot of pressure, I'm sure, for you, right? But is it important to keep it fun as well? Kind of understand where you're at, who you are, mm -hmm. like time in your life kind of stuff? Yeah, I mean, I feel blessed, you know. Uh, God blessed me with an amazing opportunity. Uh, I always try to stay where my feet are. I get to play football for LSU every single day. And um, ever since I was a kid, I've been walking around locker rooms and walking around buildings like this, just hoping and dreaming one day that I could be just like my dad's players. And the fact that I get to do that and get to experience that, uh, I think it makes me more well-rounded in the aspect of all I care about is us winning on Saturday. And um, 
it's it's a blessing. You know, I'm honored to wear the LSU jersey. Um, so there, I wouldn't want to be anywhere else. All right, Shane. So hey, there you got it from uh, again Garrett Nussmeyer, Jaden Daniels, and you know it doesn't seem like there's any animosity, just pushing each other to a little bit different quarterbacks. One more of a runner, more one more of a passer, but cannot mm-hmm. wait to see. And and you know, Shane. I know we all look at these competitions and, and sometimes we think whoever wins it, I mean, it's his job. He's just going to run with it. I would be <laughs> stunned if you look back at Brian Kelly's history. He he plays multiple quarterbacks often. Mm-hmm. We're going to see both these guys It basically is, is the point I'm trying to make. And I, th- I think a lot of people don't realize that. And I think I've never been a fan of the two quarterback system. Mm-hmm. And but if, if it helps them win some games. I'm all for it, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I like the arm. And, and that's the beautiful thing about these two guys. It's it's similar to the Vanderbilt situation. Mm-hmm. It's it's You have to game plan for both of them. Right. And you've got to be ready for a mobile quarterback. And you got to be ready for for a, a downhill thrower, you know. And so, it's just – I don't know. I, 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 I think this, it's a he, – he can use it as an advantage. And, and this year, LSU is going to need all the advantages they can have. Uh, especially, I mean, especially when they get in the West uh, opponents. Mm. All right, buddy. Well, hey, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. Let's uh, get off a line, get some rest, particularly you. Sounds like you could <laughs> use some. Uh, you got anything before we hop off the line? Uh, uh, no, man. I, I, I'm looking forward to the Friday night Coors Lots. And <laughs> Maybe that's too many words. I don't know. But uh, we're going to try it out, and hopefully it goes well. We keep doing it. Um, but, yeah, man, I'm just loving college football right now. I, I, this show, if you get an opportunity, check it out. I really wish they would do a version of this for all SEC teams. It couldn't have been that much work. I mean, I'm, maybe there is. What do I know? I'm not a camera gaffer. <laughs> but I'm just saying. It's like it, it gives you kind of a behind-the-scenes of these players and – a little bit of their personalities, and I think it's going to be really good for the Gamecock Nation. Um, I just like to see it more with uh, maybe the other teams. So, yeah. but anyway, I wish I could see it at all, Shane. But thanks, to my DVR. I'm just, I just have to hear about it from you. <laughs> I'll just keep telling you about it because it's good. <laughs> uh, but other than that, man, I just, I'm trying to soak up any type of college football. I, I've watched We Are Marshall today, Mike. You know what I'm saying? It's like I am just, I am just trying to get all the football I can handle right now so but no i'm ready man all right brother well hey that's going to do it for this episode of the show i appreciate each and every one of you for continuing to check us out and we will catch you on the next one all right see you guys go balls everybody thinks i'm drunk i'm not drunk i'm